everyone, and welcome to Creative Financing Podcast. I'm Nicole Kamanjian. I'm here with Cody Richard and the host of the show, Jeff Rappaport. This is episode 215, and today we're going to be going over objections when talking to sellers. While listening to this episode, if you guys have questions, please head over to the Creative Financing Podcast Facebook group. If you're not part of the community, just search the Creative Financing Podcast in Facebook and ask to join. We're going to have live sessions on the second Thursday of every month. So bring your questions for Jeff to answer. If you have questions, if you're watching this on YouTube, just ask your questions in the comments below. If you get value from this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, we also appreciate any feedback that you have. So please rate and review wherever you listen. So I, I don't know if, um, I, and I don't know if this is exactly right, but I believe this episode will mark four years since we started wow. this podcast. So um, uh, I believe it, it's super close if it's not exact, but, um, uh, and we, we could only do stuff for four years if we have interested people in it. So um, I'm super grateful that we're, we're still going after four years. So we're going to um, complete this series of how to talk to sellers about creative finance. Uh, last episode, Cody went through, Cody and Nicole went through a role play. Cody uh, did what he normally does, which I thought was super good. And uh, this episode, we're going to take it a step further. Um, now, we've already gotten the answer that they would be open to terms. Now we want to try to negotiate what kind of terms, right? So, uh, you know, and it, it took me years to figure this out, that it wasn't enough to just say, are you open to terms? And they say, yes. And then I had to go back and write offers and figure out, well, what does that mean, right? So does that mean that they'll take no money down? Does that mean they'll take 5% down? Does that mean they want 25% down? Does that mean they'll take 2.5% interest or 5.5%? Will they finance for six months or will it be 15 years? And uh, when I finally decided, you know what, my job would be a lot easier if we would just ask some questions and find out, um, uh, we started doing that. And uh, so, Cody, when you're talking to a seller and they say, yeah, uh, uh, we, we, and seller and or broker, right? Um, uh, broker might be a little harder to identify what they may be open to, but sometimes they know, right? That, hey, that they would accept this kind of price and, you know, it's significantly less than what they're asking or, um, look, they're willing to take a smaller down payment. They don't really need the money. Uh, so it might not be as specific maybe, but uh, they can still give good information that way, right? Yeah, and I've noticed, especially with commercial brokers, they have sometimes will have a better idea than residential brokers of what that owner is willing to take. I totally agree with that. Rarely I've talked about it, yeah. Yeah, re especially these days because... Mm -hmm. Uh, they're all just expecting we'll put it on the MLS. Don't worry, it'll be sold in three days. So, um, uh, all right. So, Cody, what what do you do if a seller says, "Yeah, 
um, uh, we, we, we would possibly be open to that. Well, where do you go with the conversation at that point? Yeah, so my next question I've been asking recently is, okay, so if I'm able to get you that 175, do the rest of the terms matter as much to you? So like the down payment, how long you let it go for, does that stuff matter to you quite as much? And if the answer is no, then it's pretty easy. Yeah, it's pretty flexible, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're open to well, whatever. Yeah, they just care about that price. But usually they come back and say like, oh, I mean, of course it matters. And then I'll go dig into each individual one of, all right, so. How will you do that? Go ahead. Yeah, so for the down payment, I'll come in and say, I mean, usually we do little to no money down with the owner financing deals that we do. Do you have an idea of what you need as a down payment? And then they'll come back and give either yes, that'll work, or no, I need something more. Um, And then I'll start to probe into more of like, okay, so you need 20% down. Is there anything in particular that you need that for? Or why, why 20%? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I want you to have some skin in the game. Oh, trust me. If, if I'm putting any money into a property, I, I don't want to let it go. Yeah. So whether I came in with 50% down or 5% down, that money is just as valuable to me. Yeah. Is that the only reason you're needing a, a big down payment? Yeah, you bring up an interesting point at, that a lot of sellers will say 20 or 25 percent down like immediately mm-hmm. like it's a reaction yep. right and <laughs> I, I've I don't know they may not know anything about owner finance but somehow some way they've heard that uh, if I'm going to ever do owner finance I got to get 20 or 25 percent down right so um, it's almost like I don't trust you. Um, so I need you to put down as much money as possible, right? And uh, so asking what what use they need that money for is kind of a roundabout way of finding out, hey, maybe there is no use for it. They, they just saying, Cody, I don't know you and I don't trust you. Um, so I need a bunch of your money. And that's fair. I mean, usually it it's our first conversation when I ask that. Yep. Uh, all right. And do you deal with interest rate or term or um, how does that work? Interest rate, usually not as much. Uh, so interest rate, I usually don't dig into it too much because I've noticed once I start, they ask for more. So usually I'll structure my deals, put it together. And if they have a problem with it, then that's a pretty easy one to change. And I'm usually flexible. So I'll talk about it when the offer is on the table. For the term, I, I feel like it changes a bit more. Um, and so I usually say, okay, so as, like, as far as the term goes, so how long will let this go for? I've had people interested in going all the way up to 30 years. Yep. Do you have an idea of how, how long you'd be wanting to go? Uh, and uh, you know, what, one of the things that you can always do is kind of lead them. Right mm-hmm. with the, the the way that you ask that question, hey, it's normal for us when we set up these kinds of deals that we get in with little to no money down and we get as long of a, t- a term as possible. Um, you know, I assume that would work for you, and you know, I, I'm not asking them. Um, I, I'm basically saying I I figure that you, you'd be on board just like everyone else, and uh, and then let them tell me. They're not, right? So tell me, no, 
Um, this is what I need. Okay, tell me what you need. And okay, now explain to me why you need it. And let's figure out if there's not an underlying problem that we might be able to fix, right? So sometimes it's like, look, if I could just get $10,000 up front, I'm, I'm much more flexible because I need that $10,000, right? And if I don't care how long of a term you go, I don't care what the interest rate is, uh, but I need to get that 10 grand. And if you don't get to that, you will never know it, right? So, uh, or, hey, look, I don't need money right now. What I need is debt relief or no more headaches or, uh, you know, I just need this done quickly. And, but I don't want to go past five years, eight years, 10 years, wh whatever. Okay. So normally with creative finance and Cody, tell me if you find this to be the same, that I can negotiate if we're only negotiating one piece of it right? You want the best price? That's fine. Uh, let's talk about how we can get you that best price by manipulating the interest, the term, um, uh, th those kinds of things. Uh, yep, you want interest, that's fine. Um, but this is how that will affect the rest of the offer. Um, so the goal really is, is what's most important to you? Um, mm -hmm. And what do you feel is the, the answer to that more often than not? Usually price. Yes, I would agree. Um, all right. So, and I do the same. I, I, I'm never bringing up interest, right? That, that, that's not even coming up in the conversation unless they bring it up. And if they brought up like, hey, yeah, the banks are at five, six percent right now. I want six percent. I'll be, Wow. Bank of Mr. Whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, when did you become you know, uh, FDIC insured? And uh, when, when are you? You know, uh, you know, there's no tall buildings around. I, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't see that. But if you're going to charge bank rates, uh, I, I might as well just go to the bank. Uh, that that's, defeats the purpose for us. Uh, however, Right now, when you get this money and you put it in the bank, what are you getting? Um, you know, a half a percent, a one percent, one quarter percent, something you know, to that effect. Uh, if I'm offering you two, two and a half percent, you're doing pretty well. These days, they might come back and say, well, inflation, you know, that, that I'm actually losing money that way. But uh, most of our sellers aren't that sophisticated. So, but are there any other things that you can think of that come up objection-wise that, um, that you got to deal with? I think the one of the bigger things is needing the down payment for something. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I need to put a down payment on this new house or I need to pay off this debt and buy this. So I would need 40000 up front or whatever it is. If the house is worth... 150 or 160 that's like 20 percent down 25 percent down right but that comes up as an issue from time to time yep but maybe that okay uh maybe we could figure out i mean if the property is free and clear 
or has a really small mortgage, hey, we'll we'll look at doing a subordination, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we just did a subordination today on a four property deal in Tennessee, I think. Uh, so they accepted, um, you know, a, a bigger down payment than we were willing to pay, but we can go borrow it against the property. So, uh, so uh, even if I just go hard money, uh, more than likely I can just borrow the whole amount. Right. So, um, and just making it easier to do whatever it is that we're going to do with the property. And if that's not the case, maybe you borrow private money. Um, or maybe you're looking to do something short term where if you're putting up the money that you know that that money's going to come back quicker. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you've got to understand that because that's the difference between getting a deal and not getting a deal. Uh, if you are just winging it, um, you'll get lucky, uh, but uh, you will lose a bunch of deals because you didn't. And th- these questions, I, I know it took some time to get used to doing it, right? That it's a little uncomfortable kind of telling people. So I assume that, you know, that'll work for you. And, uh, but what, what, what got you through that? It was just repetition. I mean, of course, I was uncomfortable at first, but after asking more and more, you just, you kind of develop an extra layer <laughs> of just tough Do people topic. yell and scream at you for asking? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I get it, plenty of, oh, no, that wouldn't work. Yeah, well, th- th- that's fine, right? Yeah. Do, do you get a lot of when you offer a lowball price? Do they say no? Oh, yeah. Right? That, I mean, we're, we're, we're dealing with the minority of our leads, right? But mm-hmm. we, we can't. We're helping the three to five percent of the population, not the ninety-five percent. So, uh, that yeah, know, I've I, noticed people are much. Oh, sorry, I was going to say people are much more rude over text than they are on the phone. I've realized. I, I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah, when they're on a call, they yeah <laughs> they they usually change their tone a little bit, even if they're annoyed. They're they're though it's very rare for someone to curse you out or be super mad. I I have called like someone who has curse me out on like uh over text like a text that i sent and then i'll call them and they're like a completely different person like their attitude is like you were just a jerk on this text message but you're actually not like that in person over the phone so sometimes it's just a difference of like calling them because a text message is just i think people are super annoyed with all those campaigns going on um so yeah i've noticed that good so let, let's talk um, briefly about, so we've talked about pre-screening, right? That this is all stuff that before we've written an offer, right? That this is to gather enough information to know, do we want to write an offer? And in what way do we want to structure offers to see if we can get a deal? How about now that we just discuss real quickly that some of the objections that come back once we write the offer, right? So um, in, in my case, did, Cody, I don't even know if you do this. Do you submit an LOI for your offer or how do you make your offers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so what I do is have that initial call once we've kind of come to an idea of, okay, this seems like it'll make some sense. Let's write an offer. I'll set a time on the calendar for the next day. So I always get it on the calendar. Yeah. And then probably an hour or two before we talk, I'll send it over to them. Okay. 
just so they can have like a second to look at it. And I yep. found I get more answers, like more answers or decisions on my offer by doing it that way. Yep. That's a good tip. I didn't, uh, I didn't know that. That's a good, like an hour before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the real issue is trying to get them to look at it and um, get some idea of whether it meets their needs so that they have some questions that they can go over with you that you can help them understand. Right. Um, but some of the, the issues are, you know, and it, it's probably even better. Uh, you might not have as good of closing ratio, but you probably have better um, chance of actually talking to them, you know, which is uh, uh part of the the challenge right that uh because the more times you got to call them the the less likely you're going to get a deal um you know we've been working on on a deal for two weeks that we're willing to give him what he wants right but we can't seem to get a hold of him to uh tell him yeah we'll just do it so (laughs) um so one of the things that, um, so let, let's say that you submit your LOI. Are you making, so are there multiple offers on this LOI? Yeah, usually. Right. If yep. they're open terms, there's almost always multiple offers. Okay. So let, let's say that they come back to you and they say, no, I want 25% down or, you know, a much larger down payment than what you have already offered. Um, what, what would be your response on that? So usually I'm assuming I've talked to them before. Mm-hmm. So I come and say, okay, when we last talked, you were, I mean, we said that 10% down would work for you. What what had changed for you between yesterday and when we're talking now to want yep. 25% down? Yep. And uh, so you've already set that stage, that mm-hmm. expectation. And now basically saying, hey, what, what's, what's different now than when we talked prior? Yeah. yeah. What if they come back with, I don't know, I can't, I don't know if you're making principal only or hybrid interest rate offers or, um, or just low interest in general. I I assume that you are. Mm -hmm. Um, So they come back and say, oh no, I need higher interest rate. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I understand two and a half percent may not be what you're looking for. Is, is there an amount you had in mind? Oh, I, w- I would need at least seven. Seven <laughs> percent. Why? Why so high? What? Yeah. What's the premium for? Yeah. And just kind of yeah. If it's so high or egregious, I try to make a little bit of a joke out of it. It's like why? Why, why do you need that? <laughs> yeah. No, it's like when did you become a professional bank, right, or a <laughs> professional hard money lender? Yeah. Um, uh, to me, that when interest comes up and they they offer something like that, you know, hey, I want six percent, right? which isn't totally out of the question now, but uh, it is for me. I, I'm not paying six percent, and uh, I, I in the last uh, at least four years, I, I think there's been one time that I offered five plus percent, um, and it was only because his underlying loan was that. And, uh, uh, you know, but the rest of the terms made sense. So um, for me, interest rate is, I, I'm always going to come back to, look, if, if you want a higher interest rate, we're, we're going to end up having to modify the price because 
at that interest rate, we're offering you the top price. Um, you are getting the top price. And so if you want a higher interest, then the price is going to come down and the term is going to go up. Uh, or at that interest rate, and I'll show them, you know, if it's some kind of rental with some kind of income property that, hey, just real quick numbers, this is what's left over after expenses. At that, your payment, the payment that you're asking me to pay you, doesn't even get covered. Um, there's no more income left. So that can't work. So uh, what's your second choice? That, that's that's a Ron LeGrand. So uh, he would, someone would say, yeah, I want 6%. And he would say, okay, and what's your second choice? And, uh, and that's exactly where it would go with me as well, is that um, now we're talking deal breaker. So uh, all right. Well, what about a term? What, what if they come back and they say, well, um, you offered a 10 year term, they want a three year term. Yeah. So I, I don't get as much pushback on that because usually I have some options Okay. and sometimes I'll know what they're open to, but if they do come push back, say three year term, mm, I don't know what my instant reaction to that would be. I mean, obviously asking a question of, Okay, what changed to make you want a three-year term versus a 10 or whatever? Oh, I talked to my CPA and, or talked to my spouse and it doesn't make sense for me to have it in the property that long. Well, three years may be a little short for me. Is that, I mean, is that the longest you're willing to go? Any flexibility? And then try to push it back out closer to 10 again. You know, one of the things, and I don't find it happens a lot, but it does happen is when you make multiple offers, sometimes the seller starts like, well, I really like this price, but I like that interest rate from that option. And I like this term on this option. So they're trying to create, you know, a little, uh, they're, they're taking uh, a little bit of each, trying to create a whole new offer out of it. And uh, really the, the way that I have found is that you just explain to them, look, the reason that there's multiple offers is that uh, they're based on, you know, hey, we're paying this kind of rate for this long. That's why we're able to pay this price. And if we go longer, then we're able to pay a little more or a higher rate of interest or whatever. Um, th th that's the goal. So um, what's most important to you? And try to isolate the one thing, one, right? Because remember, we just talked about that if there's only one variable that needs to be changed, that a lot of times we can be flexible and make that work. So uh, if we can isolate that one, then we are in a much better position than if they're like, well, I want 10, I want four years and I'd like 6% and you know, the price needs to be this. Uh now you're all over the place, right? And now you're, you might as well just write a whole new offer. Yeah, and, and two things off that. One, I feel like you should go into any discussion with the seller when you're giving an offer and know what kind of flexibility you may have. So on the down payment, okay, I could come up 5K, still make my assignment fee and be happy with that. Yep. And if that's the case, I'll say something like, okay, so if we're able to do 15,000 down, is that something that you'd be ready to move forward with? Yeah. Because I don't want to give concession after concession. Yeah. And well, the other... Can, go ahead. Sorry. 
Uh, no, I was just going to say, I feel like it is a really good blanket statement of, yeah, if we're going to raise the down payment, it's going to affect the other terms as well. What's what's the most important factor in here for you? I think well, that's what, good. One of the things that I learned many, many years ago is when you are in negotiations and a seller asks for something, okay, we can talk about that. But if you're going to ask me for something, I'm going to ask you for something back. And so if you need this, then I want you to know, Cody, if, if we're negotiating, that if you're getting a, a better price or a higher interest rate, that every time that you come back to me for some kind of concession, I'm going to get one too. Um, yeah, uh, I, 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 you know, you're pushing me basically to my max, but um, I guess if we extend that term, you know, another four years, then, you know, I'd be okay with it. Uh, uh, and yes, we're always closing at this point, right? That, uh, hey, and if we can agree on these terms, are we ready to move forward um, and get this done? Because otherwise, now they'll try to, it, it, and if you just give them that concession, then they'll probably come back with another. And now they think like, hey, I'm in charge. I, I get to decide. And mm -mm, nope. Um, uh, and more than likely, my con uh, the concession I'm giving up is much less than what I'm going to be asking for coming back. So uh, to me, that's just negotiations 101. Yeah, I think that's a good approach. What do you think, Nicole? I'm wondering if this series of podcast episodes, um, because I know that you talk to sellers and you have some experience, there's no doubt, but you're still in that learning phase, right? Where you're trying to get more comfortable, more confident. Has this helped? Yeah, definitely. Especially like th this conversation that you guys are having now, because I haven't experienced, um, you know, like the ne negotiations, but also even just Cody, like going through that role play with Cody and how he handled some of the objections that um, I threw at him. Um, he was really smooth with it. And, you know, I think you mentioned something about like long pauses. Sometimes I'm like, uh, like, you know, I forgot, like, I don't know where to go with this, you know, to, like what they just said. So um, it really is all just like practice. Um, obviously, Cody has had many, many conversations and consistency. Um, I could totally see that through this series of like the difference between me, me and Cody. Like it's just consistency and um, the amount of conversations that we've both had right like where we are as far as levels to this real estate game <laughs> well let, let, let me let me add two comments because i i'm surprised we haven't brought these two up yet but i think they're important and i think that this is when you really know that you've you've made it to you can always get better right I, i'm i'm sure cody would tell you you know i could be better and uh and we're we're never perfect right uh, it will never happen but we can get really good and we can get really confident really comfortable but to me i want to control the conversation 
And that doesn't mean that, uh, that, that the seller may go off on a tangent and tell me truly what's going on. And maybe way more than that, right? Um, that, that's the kind of stuff I want to know. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to be on the phone for an hour and 15 minutes uh, unless I feel like we got a deal. And so I'm going to control the conversation in that some way, somehow, I'm going to move them back on task, right? Uh, that There's always sellers that, they, that, that they're thrilled that they have someone to talk to, right? And the perfect stranger, they're, they're thrilled. They, they want to tell you about their day and their car and their dog and their uh, grandchildren and whatever else. They're just thrilled that they get to talk to someone. Uh, I'm always nice. I'm always polite. But... Uh, someone's got to control this conversation, right? So controlling the conversation and doing it in a way where uh, you don't look like you are, right? So, um, you know, one of the things that I always said is, oh, Mr. Sell, I would, I would love to sit here all day and listen to these stories. I really would. But I've got a super busy day and I've got another call here in 10 minutes. Um, you know, uh, so I want to spend the the remaining time I have with you where you know I can get the information I need so I can make sure I can do something to help you and bring them back on track that way. Second is don't get rattled. Uh, when sellers sellers can bring up who knows what uh, they, they can object what, what do you need to know what I owe well, what, what do you need to know my payment? Um, there's no way I'm telling you that kind of stuff. They, they're skeptical they don't know you. They're, they've got walls up and the, the more difficult people tend to be the, the best people to deal with later on if you are patient and break down those walls. Otherwise, they get you rattled and uh, it's pretty much like I, I've had apprentices that have just hung up the phone. Like, I, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm too scared. Um, I would tell you that don't get rattled. Right, it's not personal. At least most of the time, it's not personal. And uh, Cody is good at. I think you, the term you used, Nicole, was smooth. Mm -hmm. And the reason that Cody's smooth, there's two. One, he's practiced those objections. Right, uh, he practiced before he ever heard them, and then he's talked to enough sellers that he's basically heard them all. And uh, every once in a while, someone comes up with something creative. I, I get it. Uh, but uh, he's dealt with enough people now to know that I can deal with almost anything that anyone comes up with. It might not be 100% ideal, but he'll probably go back off the phone and say, hmm, I probably could have done it this way. And that'll stick in his mind for uh, if that ever comes up again. Right. Yeah. So. And I, I think people put way too much pressure on themselves to be really good at it right away. Yeah. There's probably a few people out there that are hyper extroverts. They thrive off talking on the phone. They love it. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't love talking on the phone. It took yeah. a while of learning. I would record my calls once a week. I'd go back and listen to them and just learn, yeah. take notes on what I'm doing, try to be better. And once you get your script down, it, like you said, it becomes more fluid, more smooth where you're not, you're not nervous. You're not unprepared for an answer. If we weren't born this way, right? I, I mean, 
I wasn't born being able to talk to people on the phone and control conversations and not get rattled and overcoming objections. Uh, I, I don't love it either, um, but I have done it thousands of times and I've taught it thousands of times. Uh, I'm very comfortable with it. Um, uh, even when it's an uncomfortable situation, uh, I, I might not like it, but I'll get through it. And I can tell Cody it's the same way. And, uh, and then ultimately you're going to hire someone that you're going to train and you're going to train them how you want them to deal with it. And the goal is, is, Hey, I want you to become an expert at this, right? That uh, I want you to become so good because, you know, now if they're passing those leads on to you um, and it's missing information, you're going to be like, um, now what do I do? Uh, how do I write this up? Do I take a stab and just throw darts in the dark at my dartboard? Or do I have them call the seller back? Or do I have to call the seller back uh, to become an efficient, program where you can scale uh, that person, whoever it may be, that needs to get the kind of information that you need so that you can structure the right kinds of, kinds of offers. And the yeah, more and, you know, the better. And just an idea of how far you can come, a quick story. When I was in college, I wanted to make a little extra money. And I was like, oh, I'll do a sales job. I can do sales. I made one phone call to try to sell some holiday lights. Super nice lady. She let me do my pitch and I was so nervous the whole time. And she was like, no, I'm not interested. I just panicked and hung up and didn't make another call. Yeah. <laughs> and five years later, four years later, I decided to get into real estate and actually learn it. So you can go from panic hanging up to like having your own company. It, it takes time, but it's don't think it's impossible. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not impossible. And uh, and it and it's not forever either, right? Um, uh, True. You you are good at it. And to be honest, you don't need to be doing it anymore. Um, that you, you could bring on someone that will do it for you, and uh, that 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 is the the way it goes. That you need to be spending your time with the most productive, revenue generating activities, and this is a very trainable type of um, skill set and uh, th that's the goal right is start removing yourself from uh, you doing all the roles so that you can focus on the roles that generate the most revenue all right well thank, thank you, you both that you guys were awesome during this series and uh, I hope it was super helpful to people and uh, we answered these questions hopefully once and for all how to find out if someone is open to creative finance and then to be able to even dig deeper and find out really what they may be open to. So we can structure the offers in the right way. We'll talk to you soon. Go out and create some terms. Mm -hmm.